Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios. In Upper Lafayette, EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction simulcast on Stadium 32.3133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 337-706-0111-337-706-0111. I got to tell you, fatigue is kind of starting to set in. It's It was... Two long nights in a row. Last night was really long. Our friend FedEx man was not that far off. Game started at 9.14 officially. Ended at 12.07. It's going to be another one tonight because, I mean, if you follow all this stuff, I mean, think about it. You've got LSU. By the way, pregame is going to be at 2.30 right here on the game. First pitch scheduled for three, but it's a tournament. You know how all that goes. Um, but scheduled for 3 o'clock. Then, right about the time that game is going to be over, the Cajuns are going to start playing about um, – well, actually, let me back up. McNeese is starting about 2.30 over in Lake Charles in the Southland Conference Tournament because they're the one of the teams that, that we follow around here that won yesterday. The Cajuns did not win. LSU did not win. Um, second time this year, Skeen starts against Arkansas and LSU doesn't win. But, you know, that, that, that kind of – we discussed that yesterday, but – I think everyone had gotten pretty used to whenever he pitches, they win, but it's certainly not a guarantee, and we learned that again yesterday. Anyway, McNeese plays Northwestern State at 2.30, and we'll be talking to Tom in about a half hour or so to get some more details on uh, get an update from the Southland Conference Tournament. And then LSU plays, scheduled to play about three. Cajuns at 6.30. I know all of you aren't. Don't follow all of these. Astros at 840 and the Cajun softball team at 9. Man, that's a busy, what is that, um, eight, nine hours? I mean, it's a lot. Now, again, obviously not everyone follows all those teams, but some of us follow all or most of them. And so um, it, it, it'll be an interesting Friday. Another late night. The, again, the game last night started later than the softball game tonight in Asia is scheduled to start. Think about that. Now, the game's on e, is scheduled for ESPN. Is it Florida? No, who is it? Somebody's playing on ESPN at 7 o'clock. Yeah, it's going to be, I, I would imagine the Cajuns get, well, yeah, I don't think they're going to delay it, though. You know, I think I think it'll start on a different channel would be my guess, start on news or something. 
Are we pretty sure they're going to do that? I mean, they do I, that I am typically. pretty sure, yeah. I think with the NBA and stuff, they've like delayed the start times. But with the number of different regionals going on, I don't think they're going to push that hard outside of maybe a few minutes. And there's no, there's no NBA game tonight. Right. So you're thinking they might start on the U, although the U's probably got a game. I'm thinking huh? news, man. News. And the app, of course, like streaming, it will always that'll happen if it starts early. But yeah, I think we're gonna start uh, pretty close to nine. I have confidence. But very, I mean, sometimes games last two hours, but the the, the seven o'clock game probably won't be over for nine. So we're in other words, there's gonna be some maneuvering here. Um, and it doesn't matter because. As long as I know where it is and I can find it. There is a game on ESPN, and it's the Florida State Seminoles, who are up 1-0 in that series, trying to close them out. So, Sandercock pitched last night. If she pitches, then you have a great chance of that game being two hours. But uh, Okay, so how many series started last night? Just two. It was Florida State beat Georgia 8-1, Oklahoma State beat Oregon 8-1. to which I remember it being more, and I guess for baseball they've done this more like a 50-50 split. Like half of them started Thursday, half of them started Friday. But for softball, I don't know. I guess they just decided to do a couple of them there. Well, we were going to probably get into this later, but since you just brought it up, what, what do you make of the Pac-12 teams? Yeah, it's strange too, and especially when Washington was on the ropes, I think the overall feeling was down on them because of UCLA and then potentially Washington, two of their their best two teams, essentially could have went home. But now Washington came back. Oregon was a surprise winner. So you're almost feeling, yeah, their best team lost surprisingly. But other than that, they've been pretty good. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know what to what 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 to make of all that and. Um how good they are overall I, I don't i don't i don't know so we'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll see more of that we will be speaking with UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow about 10:35 we normally talk to him on Wednesday but you know obviously things were very different this week with them traveling to Asia and all and so he's kind enough to kind of reschedule it and get with us on a game day. So we'll find out a little bit more about their preparation for tonight's game against the Huskies. And by the way, they're, they're, I mean, their best hitter is – I forgot to look that up. Their best hitter, is last name is Husky. I wonder if she's related to Butch Husky. Why you hate Butch Husky? The man's shaking his head like he hates him. No, I was simply referring to the fact that I don't know if they're related. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Man, you don't sound too good. You sure you're okay? Oh, I'm tired. I told you. Fatigue is said. When you're old and fat, man, late night after late night, it's just it's tough. No, it, it, it seems like something's wrong with your voice or something. It, it, it just you don't sound right on the radio this morning. Well, you I don't know. know why? I think it's fatigue. You know, well, uh, this is what I think. I think you caught something from drinking from that ugly, ugly Yankee cup. I know some good doctors, man. I, I think you should go get that check. <laughs> now, nah, let me ask you a question. You didn't take that cup home, did you? Um, 
It is in a in a in in uh, a vehicle. It has not entered the 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 abode yet, but it is in the vehicle. And I gotta admit, it is a good looking cup. I just don't know what I'm gonna do with it because oh, no, now I can't trust you. I can't <laughs> trust you now. I, I think you could be becoming a Yankees fan. Oh no, I no. think you become. Ain't nothing looks good in in, look, in Yankees colors. Nothing. No, look. Now, I, I do. Go ahead. Uh, now. If it's whatever car that's in, you know, I know some good priests. I think we got to get it reblessed. <laughs> and just don't bring it in your house because you're going to start hearing voices in the in the middle of the night. You're going to hear you hear hear voices that sound like Paul. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna keep hearing voices now. D'Lo, can you hear me, D'Lo? Uh, yes, sir. Can you hear? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna give you a special assignment. All right. Okay. Okay. So. When I, I, as I get off the air, from here on out, I, you gotta, you gotta make sure that foot never drinks from that cup, never. <laughs> okay. Like I don't care what it is; it can be the best beverage in the world. Do not let him drink from that. Yet. I, I don't want his life cursed. Okay. Oh. I don't want his life cursed. All right, well, him, Paul. We appreciate your concern. For, all right, thank you for all of you listening who don't know exactly what we're talking about. Our good friend Paul, the Yankee fan. Uh, what was it? Two days ago, I, Raymond says you got a package in. I'm like a package. I didn't. I didn't send any. I didn't do. I mean, what a package for what? So he says, no, come get it. So I came and got it, and when I opened it up, it was a Yankees pinstripe coffee cup with foot written on it and a one. And um, and again, I. I, I respect, like, I've respected the Yankee uniforms. Part of why I make fun of um, the Celtics when they when they wear their um, sign of instability uniforms. The Yankee, one thing I'll give the Yankees, they, you know, they stuck with their uniforms through the years. I think it's, I got no problem with the way the Yankees uniform look. It's a good-looking coffee cup. I just don't know what I'm going to do with it. Um, But, no, that's what, um, that's what Martin is referring to. I got this Yankee. So, 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 so let me tell you what we did. So Riley's birthday was earlier this week, and she, she's, you know, she hates the Yankees because she's an Astro fan and she, they're Yankee fan. Anybody who ever teases her about her team and all that, she, you know, she, she's not into the Yankees. Okay, so I, I have a friend who's a Yankee fan. So I said, look, here's this cup. Put it in a bag and give it to Riley as a birthday gift. And she said. When she saw what it was, she says, "I can't, e- I can't even look at y'all. Can't even look at y'all." It was funny. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. I guess people take. I guess people took a long time, a long time to really find out he was a sick man. It took a long time. And I've been telling y'all that on the air for a long time. You don't believe me now. I go to show you for you starting to lose it. You a sick man just for taking the Yankee Cup. Well, You're a sick man, man. The man is a nice man. He just is just no, no, you know, no, he's delusional no, no. He's on nice his like team. He ain't nice like you think. He's trying to snow you. You're <laughs> a sick man for just taking the cup, Kevin. You talk all that crap about the Yankees and this and that, but you gonna take a Yankee I, cup. I never now, said so, I would so ever. I guess. What did you I want me to do we with meet it? Up, you and I and Rouse's. If I meet you in Rouse's, I'm buying me some stuff to cook. If I catch you in there, if I give you a Boston cup, you gonna take it? What a Celtics cup! Yeah, you gonna take it? Oh, I'll throw it in the trash. All right. So, so what's the difference? I told you you're a sick man, Kevin. Bye. I'm gonna hang up and listen. Bye. 
I mean, look, I'm not drinking out of it. What do you want me to do? It's just in the vehicle. We haven't yeah, figured and, out and, what and we're going to do with defense, it yet. I will, I will say this. I mean, we didn't even know what it was, and we were all trying to figure out what this mysterious package, and then yeah. so it's not like he, you know, asked for it or, or requested it or yeah, I mean, even had an opportunity to turn it down, really. I'm not going to drink out of it. I mean, I just don't know what I'm going to do with it. The problem is I'd give it to a Yankee fan friend, but it has foot written on it, so it's not exactly something that you can transfer. I think Paul knew what he was doing. He 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 kind of he kind of figured that out for sure. Oh. No, I don't. I don't. Plus, I don't hate the Yankees as much as I do the Celtics. Speaking of the Celtics, please, t- you know, everyone tells me how great of a coach Spoltre is, and I don't. I'm not saying he's not a good coach, but. He better not let this happen. Jimmy Butler and him and Adebayo and Robinson, all these guys, they better not let this happen. I don't care what it takes. Cheat if you have to. Do not let this happen. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll shift gears. Talk a little, get an update from Montgomery with our friend Craig Melanson next. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game we have with us from Montgomery, Alabama, Craig Malonson. How are you, sir? Well, I was doing better before last night's game. I should have went back to the hotel after the bird pooped on my shirt walking into the stadium. <laughs> well, I guess that was a bad sign. Yeah. You know, you think with my belly sticking out, it wouldn't bounce off my shirt and hit my shorts, but it did. So, double hit. Well, Sorry. no problem. Uh, we love all the dirty details. So, um, obviously, we all know that pitching depth is an issue, so not staying in the winner's bracket is a tough, tough chore. Um, so, w- w- what's your best guess the way they're going to try the pitching today? I would think it would be by committee. Two innings, maybe three, unless somebody gets going. I, I believe you got to – I mean, you know, if you lose, your season's over. So do you want to let Christie sit on the bench for the last game or do you want to try to get him to where he can pitch uh, hopefully tomorrow? So I, you never know with Diggs. I, 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 I would think committee. He, um, But the problem with Christie is, like, he has been really good, and he has been really bad at times. I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get, but I, I guess you don't have much choice right now. And he Degs is naturally a let's win today and we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow guy. In, in an elimination game, I guess you don't really have much choice but to go that way. Yeah, I just 
are you here to win a game or are you here to win the tournament? No, is always I, I, the I hear you there. Yes, yes. So, so I, what I would the know. other option be, though? So you're saying try to get five out of Christie, but don't do that today. Try to do that tomorrow in case he's on and you can get five or six out of him and try to win it with your bats and a bullpen approach today, essentially. Yeah. Yes, because if you look – if you win today, you're going to play Coastal. You know who you play. And Coastal has one of the worst ERAs in the league. And I think we can hit against him. We've shown that before. Last night's guy is the same guy that pitched uh, against us on the Sunday game, and he was able to shut the bats down then. So I, I, I'd rather take my chances with some of the other guys right now. Um. Okay. So if it was your call, who who, who would that? Who would be? Essentially, you're saying if you do, if he goes that route, essentially you're saying you're going to have an opener. Who do you think that opener might be? Man, I would have told you Blake Marshall or J.T. Etheridge last night, but they both pitched. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're ready to bring Cooper back. Um, I mean, but if you could get two, if Cooper feels okay and you get two out of two or three out of him, I think that's your best bet to start him to start it out. Um, I, I really think this is going to be a slugfest today, no matter who pitches. So it, it's, I think it's going to be more about the bats than who pitches. You know, me and I think you kind of think that way, too. I'm a little worried about – I was a little worried about playing someone they swept and they handled them. And Texas State, to me, has really been struggling for whatever reason. They just don't match up at all with the Cajuns. But their overall numbers aren't that good. So am I fooling myself by being a little more confident now? Or, or, uh, like I said, I'm really just fooling myself here. No, I think we have matched up with them well. Uh, can they get a guy out there that gets hot? Yeah, but, you know, it's it, historical, and I'm, I like history. You know, the Cajuns are now 13-6 and six against teams that they swept in the regular season uh, in conference. And they have 13-6 and six in conference play. So and I know this is every team's different and all that, but I, I, just, I just think we're playing well against Texas State. There's something there. And I think it all goes back to last season when they just brutalized us in St. Marcus. All right. So before I forget, I don't know where you were, what kind of angle you had. And they showed a TV angle, and I was probably seeing double at that time after midnight. So I, I don't really know what I was watching, I guess. But Vaughn's two-run homer foul in the ninth inning last night. Man, it landed deep to be a foul ball. Did you get a good look at that? No, I was down the third base side past the dugouts, and I couldn't really tell. Uh, But I know Vaughn looked like he thought it was a home run, and I was surprised there wasn't some type of challenge there. But uh, it, it almost looked too like the umpire at first base told him to go back, that it was foul, like, like they almost talking to him at the time because so. it's not so it, it landed way past the fence and so and it wasn't that far foul so I, I mean I have no idea if it was fair or foul I was just like man that was and even the announcer the old Texas State coach was like man that landed deep I, I you know and but no one really raised the ruckus but it kind of raised I, you know it kind of now 
again, it would have just they'd have still been down by a run. So it's not like you know it could have never. But I mean, still, I mean, at least you're one swing away at that point. Yeah, you get closer and closer, and that's the team uh, coastal. The deeper you get into their bullpen, you, I, I think the better chance you have. And I think that's going to be the the key to the rest of the weekend, though. Not not just uh, not looking ahead, but even today. Whoever's on the mound get to, get to their bullpen. You know the bad thing it happened last year where Rockefort was injured and he was a shell of himself down the stretch in the postseason, and and here we are. Heath Hood has been great all year, and I don't know that he's injured, and may, maybe he is, but but he's just not hitting anything like he did, and with the kind of consistency and clutch variety that he has all season. Uh-huh. Yeah, but wasn't he – I thought he was two or three for five on uh, the night before. But, yeah, I agree with you. Heath is not what he was a month ago even. But at the same time, Max is not what, what he was a month ago, and he's hitting the ball well. So I don't know what the deal is uh, with Heath. Right, now. He doesn't look hurt. He's, all, he's, you know, before the game or after the game when I see him, he's smiling says hello so he he's not somebody that i'm worried about i think if he gets going it's long out for the cajuns right now well maybe not long out but you know the thing that killed him last night is you give up a home run in the eighth to the eight hole hitter and the nine hole hitter now i know coastal has a uniquely really good lineup but still you don't want to give up home runs to the eight hole hitter and nine hole hitter no, absolutely, and, and it's—I don't know what's worse, walking them or or giving up a home run. We've got to do a better job pitching and realizing where we are in the lineup too. So you know, it's interesting what you said. I wonder what about the matchup of Ikoff is just so um, good for against the Cajuns. And not to say necessarily that the Cajuns are going to go out and and, and pitch a, a, this great game, but um, perhaps t- against other pitchers, they might be able to be more effective and, and and try to win a shootout. You know, the thing that I think a little bit lost last night, C.J. Willis hit the ball hard, and he had not been hitting against right-handed pitching. So for some reason, C.J. seeing the ball well, He's just, he's just hasn't been able to get on base, but I don't know how he looks short on the mound, Eikhoff, and, it, and it's I don't know if there's a difference there. You know, I, I don't know what it is that he's throwing because there's no there's nothing on the scoreboard telling us velocity or speed or anything like that. So I don't I can't see. No, what his he's stuff throwing. didn't look overly impressive, but it was certainly very effective. Now, like to your point, CJ had a ball hit right up the middle that went off the pitcher's shin and you know, if he doesn't ricochet off of him, it's a base hit up the middle, but that's, you know, that that, that that's baseball. Um so I, what I'm worried about is well, I don't know about worry. You normally, Coach Deck seemed pretty aggravated last night in the post game presser. And normally, when the Cadence don't play well and he gets aggravated, they kind of come back and they play pretty well. So, do you kind of sense that? I mean, yeah, I can't believe they're ready to go home, and yet that you know it's baseball, so that doesn't mean they're going to execute. Probably. 
No, I, I think you're right. A little bit of chewing on their behinds. It seemed he came out uh, for the radio view, interview after the game and was did not want to talk. Did not uh, was frustrated, very frustrated, especially the beginning innings of the game. And 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 I thought the same thing that we looked off balance for some reason. And I again, I don't know what if it was the pitcher or if we just weren't doing what he asked to do. All right, so are you sold on Montgomery as the long-term host for the tournament? Well, if you ask me this week, the weather is absolutely gorgeous. 82 for a high. I've got a nice breeze. It's in uh, it's in the high 50s tonight. You walk from what, wherever your hotel is, you walk. You park your car, and you walk to the stadium. You walk to the restaurants. It, it's it's very nice, and I don't think you uh, get that atmosphere in, let's say, a Pensacola or a Biloxi because everyone's not in the same area. It's kind of like when you go to the New Orleans Bowl. The New Orleans Bowl is fun because everybody's downtown New Orleans. But if you put us in Houston for a bowl game, everybody's going to be spread out in Houston. It's not the same experience. I got you. All right, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and it's only two games today, so it uh, should start close to 6.30, I would think. I don't know why they didn't move that first game up an hour and give a little bit more in between. It's not like you're rushing to get these games done today, So, but I'm not the commissioner. Absolutely. All right, sir, we'll hang in there uh, and don't look up. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Bye. Take care. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. We just were talking to Craig about the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in Montgomery, Alabama. Now we're going to shift gears, go a little west, talk to our friend Tom about the Southland Tournament in Lake Charles. How are you, sir? I'm great. I sure wish we were talking about the uh, upcoming Super Regional between the Cowgirls and the Cajuns, but that didn't quite work out, did it? No, but (laughs) I'm glad you meant. Let's start with baseball, but I do intend to, to, to get to that. Um, that was, uh, uh, just unbelievable. I think everyone yeah. down here is still, sh- I think everyone in Lake Charles and Lafayette who follow any of the program are still shaking their heads, you know, five, five or six days later here. So, all right. So let's start with baseball. One of the things that's so cool about conference tournaments is you get performances out of the blue sometime, um, that you don't necessarily expect. And it sounds like McNeese got one of those. Uh, yesterday well yeah the 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 starting pitcher uh bludgeon if you're not familiar he he was um a tommy john guy and uh um came back i want to say about a month ago he 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 came here in 2020 started pitching was pretty good but of course the season was cut short and in early 2021 uh in the season he he uh ended up needing uh uh, Tommy John surgery, and so Bryson Hudgens came back about a month ago. They gave him an inning, 
and he was okay. And then the next week, he, he on the weekend, he pitched two innings, and then three innings the following week, and he started to pitch pretty well. And here in the conference tournament, he pops up with a six spot. Uh, he's very much on a pitch count, et cetera, but he got six innings of shutout ball. Um, and, and when you have one of those in, uh, you know, in a, in a tournament game where you're on, you're, you know, the tournament's on the line, if you lose, you're done, et cetera. That's phenomenal. I, I think he's probably done for the tournament. Some of the other guys that they, they might, uh, risk throwing again, you know, on, on short rest, but I think he's probably pretty much done, but what a great story that is. And, uh, you, you see that in tournaments and not necessarily a, a guy coming back from an injury like this, but you know, uh, in the 14 inning loss the other night, uh, the Cowboys had a pitcher, uh, Ty Abraham. Um, uh, Abraham went, uh, I think he went six innings in the ball game. I have to check the box score to see exactly what it was. No, it was Christian Vega that went six innings out of the bullpen and you, you, and a shutout ball, three, three hits allowed, a uh, bunch of strikeouts. And, and normally, you know, you see these bullpen games and they might go an inning or two, but in a, in a conference tournament situation like this, where it's, if you're, you're done, you're gone, they leave guys in as long as they possibly can. And, uh, and that's what they did in both of these cases. And it's really interesting to see. Cowboys have had great pitching so far in the tournament. They've given up three runs in what, 32 innings, I think is what they've gone. And uh, and so so that's been really good, and they're still alive. Now, obviously, they lost to Nichols, but how much, based on what you just said, the fact that they played so long, did have they survived that part of it, or did that make it doubly a problem when you lose? It, it? makes it a lot tougher. You had Christian Vega go six innings. I don't know. Maybe he could go a couple innings on Saturday. Maybe you're going to need everybody on Saturday if you make it to, to Saturday. Um, Ty Abraham, the starter in that ballgame, pitched pretty well, uh, gave up a couple of runs, but you would think that he would be available for a relief inning or two. Of course, you, you got to look at, at uh, you know, you're looking at your ace that could possibly come back and pitch maybe three or four innings because he pitched on uh, Rodgers. He pitched on uh, Tuesday, and, and I think he went, what, he went the whole way. So, um, you know, you can't get a lot out of it, but you're going to have to be – looking at guys like that that you think you can get a couple of innings out of who have already pitched in the tournament. One of the things that, uh, and maybe the I mean, you, t- you tell me about weather or wind or whatever, but, I mean, like the pitching has dominated this tournament so far. Yeah, and, you know, the, the ballpark plays as a hitter's park when the wind's blowing out of the south. And, and <laughs> you know, you'll have a front come through in the springtime and, and it'll be blowing 20 miles an hour out of the south on the Friday night game and then, the front comes through and Saturday it's coming in 25 miles an hour out of the North or Northwest. And it changes the, the factor in the ballpark from a complete hitters park to a complete pitchers park. It's been very calm winds uh, throughout the tournament. It's been fantastic weather, honestly, and uh, uh, dry conditions and, and really no wind. And the park is played as a pitchers park. And, and that I don't think a lot of people were anticipating that at all. All right, so you play two thirty today against the Demons. Uh, what about that matchup? Yeah, uh, I don't know. The, the Demons won two out of three in the series um, in the regular season, and they're pretty good. They're playing pretty well down the stretch. So, so it's a tough matchup for uh, for the Cowboys. I have no idea who's going to be the starting pitcher, and I don't. Know, I'm not sure if if Justin Hill knows at this point either. He probably does, but. But, yeah, it, it's going to be – and Northwestern's in the same boat. You know, everybody's in the same boat at this point. Um, 
I would say that, um, you know, at some point in this, in the tournament, some, one of these relief guys is just going to not have a, have a, uh, have their, their game on and, and somebody's going to score six, you know, in, a, in an inning or something like that. And, and one of these games is going to be a blowout, but you just haven't seen a whole lot of that from any of the ball games so far. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Normally, when you get low on pitching, you expect ten to eight, nine to seven type games, and y'all haven't had any of that. So, uh, you would think if you're going to do this at some point, you're going to have to score some runs and win one of these games, or maybe, you know, it was like that for the for the Sun Belt Conference softball tournament. Every game was low scoring, and yeah. it just everyone pitched well. It was just kind of strange. It is kind of crazy, and and part of it, I think, is that the fact that when a guy comes in and he's pitching well, they don't take him out. Um, and in a in a normal weekend series, you know, you got a guy who'll go two innings, and then you bring somebody else in, and he might not be worth the darn because the, the bullpens have been so inconsistent all season long. All of the Cowboy series, the last what three or four of them, uh, after Grant Rogers would pitch on a Friday night, the the Saturday and Sunday games would just be be loco like that, and ten eight or eleven nine or whatever. So uh, the fact that it hasn't happened really in the tournament at all is is really surprising. So, not that you play favorites or like one team. In terms of McNeese, if they win. I'm assuming you'd rather face UNO, or am I thinking wrong here? That would be my preference. I just don't think they're quite as good as as Nichols is, and so uh, that that would be my preference to play uh, UNO and uh, and see where you can go from there. All right. So you mentioned softball at the very beginning. I kind of what, what what have you kind of sensed or heard from the fallout I've, I I was I was covering the Cajuns we were doing a prep when I, we went into the press conference McNeese was up 6 nothing when we came out it was 6 to 3 I wasn't watching any of the game I was just looking on the phone and the score and obviously everyone was pulling for McNeese probably more than UL people have ever pulled for McNeese yeah and, exactly <laughs> and and but I've heard some comments that the rain played a factor like is from from the coaches and players maybe that you've heard of since they've been back was that a factor or what kind of played into all that well i think on on at least one of the hits into the outfield that uh there was a the slipping by the the right fielder for mcneese um in in general though the bats just came alive and perhaps ashley vallejo just ran out of gas a combination of the two you know, they McNeese had shut out the University of Washington for 13 innings on that day. Yeah, it's just incredible. <laughs> until yeah. that seventh inning. And uh, I think they had, up until that inning, they had nine hits on the day. And they, they got six in the inning and a couple of walks and uh, fielder's choice, et cetera, et cetera, and off they went. Uh, they pounded the ball. And uh, and that was really what happened. There was some criticism of Coach Landrino for not bringing Ash, uh, Ashley Vallejo out of the ball game and trying to get a save out of um, uh, Whitney Tate or one of the other pitchers, uh, that kind of stuff. I don't know about the rain except on that one play, and uh, really it was just a uh, – I, I don't know. Momentum was so key in it, and the, Washington was so dead – and uh, once they got the three runners on and started things happening, they, they were just unstoppable on offense. They, they pounded the ball. How worried in general, like, 
McNeese has had some success under him, and I know they had the controversy at the beginning of the year, but look at how they finish and where they almost where they were one pitch away from potentially getting to. How worried, uh, in general, do you think that, that he can be attractive for other jobs? Well, there's no question he is attractive for other jobs, and I have heard, and that's, this is not, you know, I don't know if this is public knowledge or just what I've heard off on the streets, but he has kids in school here. He likes it here and is staying until the kids are kind of uh, out of school. I don't know if that's even correct, but that's what I have heard. And uh, he, he, there's no question that, that the program building that he has done, um, the, his ability to recruit really from all around the area, he's great in Texas, he's great in Louisiana, and he goes and gets people – to transfer in here who, who he knows are talented in the portal, um, that, that he would be attractive to a, a, a higher paying and a higher level school, no doubt. All right, sir. We appreciate your time very much, and uh, we'll see what happens today. Um, good luck. Thank you. It's always fun this time of year. We'll watch a whole lot of baseball and talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thanks. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. Not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case Foot passes out. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. All right, again, busy day. McNeese plays Northwestern State at 2.30. We just talked to Tom Hayford of McNeese, voice of the, of the Cowboys. We got LSU playing Texas A&M, pregame 2.30, first pitch about 3 o'clock right here on the game. We've got Cajun baseball playing at 6.30 tonight, an elimination game. We got Cajun softball playing at about 9 in Washington. We got the Astros playing at 840 at Oakland. And if you look at the stand, if you look at the uh, pitching matchups for tomorrow, which by the way is a what time? Three three o'clock start, three oh seven start technically. It says Framber Valdez against Undecided. I'm hearing that's gonna be could be Hogan Harris pitching against the Astros tomorrow. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I didn't look far enough. If the Cajuns win, I think they play, I don't know, are they going to be playing? I don't know. We'd have to look forward. I haven't looked that far ahead to see. That that, that could be interesting. And then then softball will be playing at 6 o'clock our time. Just a lot of potential TV viewing for baseball and softball over the next two days. Let's put it that way. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Tired? Oh, I'm tired. I, I don't know why. I'm just 
I'm tired. To, uh, and it is, and it's going to be in the, uh, you know, maybe even a longer night tonight. We'll see. Well, you know, Kevin, the, the game. I said it was to be ten o'clock, so I was way off. So, you aren't you happy about that? Well, you weren't. You weren't that far off. I was hoping before nine. Anything after nine, I, 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 I'll give it to you. Kevin, the, you know, the, uh, I think the matchup with the softball this weekend. I, you know, I don't know. It hasn't been talked a lot about Stormy. Uh, used to be teammates with all these girls. Think uh, she gave any insight to uh, J, uh, the, the coaches? Well. But she wasn't, you know, I mean, she was just, a, it was her first year. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much she can serve as an assistant coach. I mean, it was her first year and I, I don't, Jerry didn't seem to think that was that big of a deal either way. You know, Kevin, I think uh, the, the scenario was going to play out. I think Washington has to win tonight with their, uh, their best pitcher because if the Cajuns do beat her, and then when they they, they would face her again the, on the third game, they, you know they would have a more of an advantage because they've seen her once. So I think it's imperative for Washington to win tonight uh, to win tonight for them to advance. You know, it was kind of funny when I look more into it. They have a pitcher uh, who's a, not not a freshman; she's a senior, just little used in Brooke Nelson who has 31 innings on the season, 31 and a third innings on the season, and she pitched the last three innings against McNeese and, and and started the game with them behind, very similar to Chloe Riosetto, who pitched the last three innings for the Cajuns, although she's a freshman, and she has 31 and two-third innings on the season, and they had two of the pitchers that they haven't thrown that much Pitched the last three innings of the regional and and got the you know the win moving forward. It's kind of ironic the way that worked out. Well, I'm interested to see what Jared's going to have to say about uh, the game uh, about the matchup. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to start Sam uh, off tonight. That's usually what he does, and then he's just going to go from there. Uh, mix and match with their batters. Did you ever check see how many left-handed batters they have in the lineup? Their top three, I know their best hitters are all right-handed. I don't, I have, I don't know about the bottom, but uh, the top three, their top hitters are all left-handed. Now, one thing that does concern me, and you know, I think uh, their top hitter is Bailey Klingley, who hit uh, three, who's hitting three ninety-one on the season. She hit two fourteen in the regional. So that's a little concerning. Normally, if you're a really good hitter and you have a bad stretch, you kind of rebound. But she was the she had the lowest batting average of any of their hitters in the regional, and she's their best hitter. I wonder if uh, uh, Coach Longino uh, shared uh, sh- uh, shared uh, his scouting report with Jared. Well, I would think they know. Obviously, they've played a, a lot against each other. I, you know, I don't know how how much that happens. I guess it depends on how close the relationship is off the field, but I, I don't have any reason to believe they're anything but cordial. So I don't know, probably, maybe so. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel good. Uh, you know, I felt good about the regional. I also think uh, we have a, a good shot for this, Kevin. Well, have a good weekend. Take care. You never know. Uh, I mentioned Husky. Madison Husky hit 538 in the regional. She is their, well, she's their second best power hitter. She's got the third highest batting average on the season, 329, Madison Husky. But she's got, um, 
she's got 11 home runs and 42 RBIs. So she's their second best power hitter. And she hit 538 in the regional. Uh, and Bailey Klingler, who, you know, again, hit 214. So we'll see. Their number two pitch, and we'll talk more about Washington. I uh, planned on it in the next uh, hour, but since FedEx man brought it up, um, Ruby Malin is there is the ace that she's talking about. And, you know, she gave up a couple. She gave up seven runs in the regional. Her ERA in the regional was 445, so it wasn't like she was dominant, although for the season, you know, she's got a 227, and she's pitched double. She's pitched more than double the innings of anyone else on the staff. Their number two pitcher is a transfer from Arizona State named Lindsey Lopez, and she's thrown 80 in a third innings, and Malin has thrown 163 in a third, just a little uh, three innings over double what Lopez has thrown. And so, uh, and she doesn't walk a whole lot of batters. And so, you know, the Cages are going to have to earn it and hit her. And, um, it sound again. It's not like they're facing a, a. She's a freshman. She's really talented, and she's had a great season. But she's still a freshman, so got to give you some hope as a Cajun fan. That's it for hour number one. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host Kevin Foot. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber to Game Hotline 337 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. We will be speaking with UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow. That's the plan anyway, in a little over a half hour. Until then, uh, the hotline is open. If you would like to talk about the NBA playoffs, which are getting a little worrisome for me, Um, not that I'm a big Heat fan, but I was hating the Celtics long before anybody knew who the Miami Heat were. So, uh, certainly pulling for the Celtics to lose, and we'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, it'll, you know, a lot of it just has to do with how many shots you make. You know, the Celtics had not one of their best players make six three-pointers, so you kind of like their chances. The old cliche in the NBA is the – our way at line of thinking is that complementary players typically play well at home. Can't count on them to play well on the road. So hopefully that will continue to happen um, in that series. But we'll see. Certainly, if you want to talk about that, college baseball, softball, um, lots going on there. Again, LSU is going to play here against Texas A&M. Pre-game 2.30, 3 o'clock first pitch right here on the game. Um, well, before I, I get to that, let's let's go to the game hotline. Hello. 
hood. Yes, sir. So I, I got the perfect solution on how to get uh, to, to Evil Empire callbacks on okay. the Yankee stuff. It, but 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 before I tell you, you said you're getting tired. You tired today? I heard you said you tired, right? Yes. Tired. You're sleeping. You see that that cup's already uh, releasing its, its bad bougie on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, 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 it's already releasing the curtain. It's how, sapping how, my how, energy. How, yeah. This is what you do for for for, for Lil Paul. In return, since you're a nice guy, I know you're a nice guy. I met you in person and all that. You get him a World Series champion, Houston Astros cup, with the with the World Series championship trophy on it, and you send it to him because we all know that the Yankees fans forgot what that World Series championship. Trophy looks like, <laughs> but for the for the sake of God, do not give that cup to your daughter. Do oh. not do it. Do not do it. Don't bring it nowhere near your house. I'm warning you. She she wouldn't even voice. look at it once she saw what it was. Riley Riley's more uh, hardcore on that stuff than I am. She wouldn't even look at it. She's gonna hold a grudge against you. I don't uh, don't do that, man. Okay, don't do that. She's gonna hold a grudge. All right, man. All Have right. a good Take weekend. Care. You too. Oh, it's going to be, it, it promises to be a busy one for sure. But um, what I was saying again, LSU, Texas A&M, pregame 230, first pitch here on the game. We, we talked quite a bit earlier this week that if you're in the position LSU is in, how important is the SEC tournament? And, you know, if you keep winning, that's one thing. But once you get into the loser's bracket and you got to do that brutal stuff that the Cajuns are about to try to endeavor to accomplish, not, you know, playing out of – not playing through the winner's bracket, man, that's if you're an LSU. It's like, man, how much do we – how much do you really want to go through that grueling process? Um, But we'll see. I mean, the, you know, players are going to play to win. I get that, but – just from a talking standpoint, that's when it gets tough in these tournaments when, you, when you're when you not in the winner's bracket. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin, it's Dave. Howdy, um, sir. Hey, listen, I- I'm going to have to step away from my radio in a little while, and I want to hear your uh, your interview with Coach Glasgow. Do you all do a um, – a rebroadcast, or is there some place I can go on the net and, and hear your show later in the day? It'll be posted later on, um, and you can check our Twitter. We always post the links um, at the end of every show. It, usually about 30 minutes afterwards, we'll have all the individual interviews will be archived. Good deal. Also available uh, Kevin, on our app. Kevin, you still there? Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know if you saw my bracket last week, but uh, when, we, when we went in, I picked Oregon and I picked the Cajuns. And I picked McNeese, and I was, uh, what, about two outs away from being uh, the, the choice of three pretty good upsets. You were you were uh, one pitch away from doing it. Yeah, one pitch. Yeah. It, uh, that one, that one kind of hurt. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I have great respect for the, uh, the two assistant coaches over at McNeese. And just for their sake, being able to coach in a super regional, I wish they had made it. And uh, – but, you know, it is what it is, and uh, I'm sure they grew out of this, and, and it'll be good for them. Uh, I picked the Cajuns to win this one, and um, I think that Oregon's going to take care of things in their regional, and that's going to be two teams to make it to the World Series this year. So we'll see what happens. Uh, all right. Thanks, Dave. Now, Oregon, Oregon's got an uphill climb. They lost the first game 
last night um, in Stillwater, but we'll, we'll 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 see what they do. But yeah, they uh, that was that was that was pretty good prognostications there from from Dave. No, and McNeese, you know, a lot of us mentioned it, not realizing at the time that it was gonna that they were gonna have that much of a um, of an opportunity to do it. Um, the thing that, it's, you know, I think McNeese's pitching is, pitchers are really good, but I don't know that they're, you know, any better or certainly not head and shoulders better than the Cajuns pitchers. And so, but a lot of that is not just how good you are, it's how you match up with teams. Um, so we'll see. You know, again, they... Like Tom said, they, 13 innings, they didn't score a run. And it, it's weird. Like, I, I just don't know what to make of when we were talking with Tom about the Southland Conference Tournament. Nobody's scoring any runs in the Sunbelt Conference Softball Tournament. No one was scoring any runs. And so I, I, I just like – it, it's, it's just weird when, when tournaments kind of develop that, that, that theme – I, what I don't know is how was the wind blowing uh, in Washington in, in those games or, you know, the, the, unless you're there, it's kind of hard to, to totally grasp what the conditions were like and how they potentially impacted it. I, I, I would think I'm trying to determine, like, if for the Cajun standpoint, do they need this to be – would it benefit the Cajuns for it to be high scoring or low scoring? And and the beauty of where the Cajuns are right now is that they've learned over the course of the season, and there are many examples both ways, they've learned how to win a lot of ways. They've learned how to win the one to nothing game against Marshall in the Sunbelt Conference championship game. Uh, and then they've also learned how to win, you know, nine to eight, like it most recently. But it's not just those two games. It's many examples both ways. So I wrote a column earlier this week, and essentially what I said, there was so much pressure on this team to advance. You just wonder if they're going to play looser at Washington. You know how Coach Degg says he wants them playing fast and loose and just feel uninhibited and just go play. I I don't I don't know that with this much on the line you cannot be nervous, but I'm wondering if they're actually going to play more free and just kind of more go for it uh in this regional than they did I mean in in the super regional than they did most of the year and in the regional in Baton Rouge because there's so much more pressure when you have UL versus LSU and all the fans there and 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 you've lost there before and you want to win and, and you haven't been to a super regional in six years and uh seven years and, and 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 there's just so much pressure with that so I'm wondering if they're gonna play more free the other thing doing a little more Looking into Washington's situation, I got to tell you, I, I knew they had a great program, but they've actually been better than 
my perception of. They've been to 14 College World Series. Like, they've been to 14 of I I don't know what I would have thought, but I think my perception is somewhere around, you know, 8 to 10. When I saw, man, they've been to 14 of them. Three times they've been a national runner-up, and they won the one national championship uh, in in 2009. But, um, you know, last year they lost in the regional. And this year, they're obviously still very good. They finished second in the Pac-12 in the regular season. But, um, like we said, they have a freshman that they're that they're depending very heavily on. Hopefully that can work in the Cajun's advantage. We'll see. The other thing that I noticed about this team and, and, the, and my theme of my preview story on this was that there are more similarities between these two programs than I thought. Like, they believe in traveling too. Washington did not play a home game until they opened Pac-12 conference play on March the 10th. So they play, they were on the road for the whole first month of the season. Kind of like the Cajuns opened at home and and then they seemed like they were on the road for a month. Um and and they were kind of like that too. I mean, they didn't play a home game till the conference opener on March the 10th. Now you know they've, and you know they've lost their fair share of games on the road. They're they're on in true road. They play a lot of neutral side games more than the Cajuns, but but they're eleven and seven in road games. Of course, this is a home game. They're fifteen and three at home, but you know McNeese showed that they are beatable at their place in Seattle. Uh, now, they haven't lost a lot at home. They lost to Utah one game in the first game of a, of a conference series, and then they beat them the next two. And they lost to Oregon in the first game of that series. So the two – they've only lost three games at home this year. The two, the two regular season losses – were in game one of the series, eight to six to Oregon, and two to one to Utah. Both teams are still alive in the, in the bracket. And so, to FedEx Man's point, Cajuns will be feeling pretty good if they lose game one of this series to the Cajuns. Um, and again, we'll be speaking in about twenty minutes or so to UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow and. You know, sometimes he kind of tells us what he's thinking, and other times he keeps it under the vest. We'll see how how, how that goes um, for the Cajuns in pitching. But I think there's a little – I think Washington perceives itself to have a little more pitching depth than maybe we thought going in. But still, Malin has thrown, you know, the vast – the majority of their innings compared to anyone else. She's more than doubled anyone else's um, innings pitch. So we'll see how they play that out. And in the regional, she pitched, and then she didn't pitch, and then she pitched. So uh, if they go by that, she would pitch game one and three if there's a game three. But we'll see. Coaches can change their minds as well. We'll take a timeout and be back. 
This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry, we're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Medicine season. Medicine season. Now, a season in which a college or professional sports team suffers a disappointing season due to injuries or fluky incidents. Also known as paying the piper. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111, if you would like to get in, now is the time to do it. Folks, next week, I don't know the day. Is it Wednesday, maybe, Thursday? Next week is June. So you you know what finally gets to happen on June the 1st. It's the first time we get to look at the Major League Baseball standings. That's right. I forgot they don't publish June the until 1st. then. Um, so that would be great. They're useless until yeah. Then. They'll have to. They'll have to write them all. They'll have to go back and write them all up, kind of yeah. figure out who won which games and get yeah. that organized and sent out. Right. <laughs> I mean, all these all these headlines I've read over the last you know however long we've been playing seven weeks, eight weeks, whatever. It's like, come on now. Let's at least wait till June before we start saying their season's over. Now, again, the one exception to that. Is the Oakland Athletics. I, again, I said it yesterday. We're going to have to go on an Oakland A's watch. I'm a little worried. I, I have very mixed feelings about this Astro Weekend series. Like, I didn't feel good at all last going into last weekend series, and it kind of played out that way in that I, I, I just, you know, everyone's just been smacking this little team around. And and the Astros struggled. I mean, they struggled to score 10 runs in three games against this awful, historically awful pitching staff. Um, they almost won last night. I'm watching the I'm watching the Cajuns and I'm on my phone I've got it on the A's and the man and it was two to two. And the Mariners had to score a run in the bottom of the eighth and won three to two. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. These people have got they've lost eight in a row. They have 10 wins on the season. So I don't I don't like playing teams like that. The only good thing from an Astro perspective is that the Astros just got shut out twice. So that kind of tells me they're going to score some runs uh more than like see if they can muster up three more than three runs in a game against this awful pitching staff. But I, I think that kind of bodes well for the Astros hitting. So we'll see. And they've got their top pitchers on the on, on this series. So might work out okay. We will see. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. How you doing? I, I just I, know I talked to you yesterday, but I was just wondering if some kind of way, I know you know how to get – does it bother him that, like this time of year, it seems that these these umpires are calling things that they just don't call all year? 
you know, last night, even though they do call the out of the box, that is this girl for Oregon. I guarantee you, if anything was out of the box, it was her big toe. That was it. <laughs> they called they call out of the box. One of the coaches got thrown out of the game because of that. And it I seems like him that all year they can go and not have, say, an illegal pitch or have, and then all of a sudden, these umpires in these tournaments go to calling these things. I just wonder, does that bother him? Because it bothers the heck out of me. Yeah, I don't like you that know? at all. And you know, I didn't. I I, I thought about it once because there was an unusual situation in the. Uh, I forget what it was in in the in the Baton Rouge regional. And I remember thinking, did he just call an illegal pitch? And it was something else. It wasn't that. But we. It made me think we haven't really run across the whole illegal pitch much um, that yeah. this season. And what happened is, well, what I, the under, this ex- explanation they gave last night is evidently in these super regionals, there's a fourth umpire, or an umpire on second base. So it's evidently him that's looking at looking for the out the box thing. And well, so he's just getting called because of because of where he is. But like I said, Kevin, I would not lie. If that girl's foot was out the box, it was just her big toe. <laughs> it was so close. I, I do like, not. I, I'm with you. I don't like calling things in the playoffs differently than what you've been playing all year long. I don't like that. I'm with you on that. Yeah, and it's like, what? what I mean, I don't even see what the advantage there is, you know, unless she's all the way out the box. But when you're talking about this just half of her foot or her toe out the box, that just makes no sense to me. There's no advantage to that. And it's just crazy. I just was wondering because he, I mean, you gotta watch, you gotta watch that because it, it, especially if we get to those situations like you always say, when they say you're not gonna get that call on the road. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, so. I'm sure you're a smart enough man. You, what does that mean? Like, let's really dissect that statement. Well, I, I agree with you. It's cheating. <laughs> you either gonna get that call. Or you're not gonna get that call. Right. One or the other. It's either a five, it's either a bad play or it's not. One way or the other. You know, or, or even you know what? The other thing they say you're not gonna you 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 can't call that in the playoffs. Well, if you can call it in game one, you can call it in the playoffs. No, I hear you. I, I hear you. I, look, I hope there's no controversy. Again, it's easy to live with. I just didn't get a hit. I mean, that's just part of competition in sports. But you don't you don't ever want to you know get this far and then have some crazy controversy. Either way, you just hope that the players decided that 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 that's what we hope for. I agree. So uh, let's hope. I, I think they're going to win tonight, myself. Well, I, I, I like I their chances. I think they're but... a better team. Like I told you yesterday, they have, they just, I mean, you can go to pitcher and you say pitcher's pretty good. Since Danielle Laurie, they just have had, you know, just like the Cajuns, good pitchers, but not great pitchers. So I think we're going to be fine. I hope you're right. Thank you, sir. It's great hearing from you. It's all right. Talk to you Take later. Take care. No, I, I think it's a, um, I think it's winnable. I mean, I thought it was winnable going in. I, I was when the, when the bracket came out. I'm like, well, that's winnable. I mean, I, I mean, is it losable? Of course, it's losable, but it's winnable, too. So I, I think it's, I think it's all good, um, and and we'll, we'll see what 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 they do. I, um, 
I wonder if the Cajuns, one thing that I don't know is how much, like, Washington's opponents have only attempted 40 steals all season. Now, is that because a lot of the teams they play just don't run? Or is it because their catcher is that good? Now, Washington runs a fair amount. They they are 77 out of 93 in running in stolen bases. Their opponents are 34 out of 40. So it's not like they've been thrown out a ton. They've been thrown out a fair amount, but they haven't been thrown out. But they don't even attempt them. So I wonder if that many... Uh, which is not, again, that unusual in the Cajun situation. Cajun's opponents have only attempted 47 steals. The Cajuns, by the way, have attempted 172 to 47. So running is a big part of what the Cajuns do on the baseball side as well as the softball side. Well, the weird thing when you get into those numbers a little bit is that their opponents have only attempted 40, but they're 34-40. They're 85%, a better percentage than even Washington has when they're offensively trying to steal. So why they aren't they only, running more? That's what I, yeah, I don't get it. They only steal at a rate of 83%, and yet they've given up 85%, but only 40 attempts. So, I don't know. Maybe they give up a ton of doubles and not singles, you know? I, I don't know what would lead to that other than Maybe the defensive, maybe it's a scouting report thing where it's just like the book is don't run on her, but maybe she hasn't been as effective this year at it. That's it is a, it is a strange like combination of numbers to put together. Now these are team stats, so maybe when when Malin isn't pitching, you can run on some of their other pitchers more. I mean that could be it. I don't I don't know. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how aggressive, because a lot of times like. I, I know that softball and Major League Baseball are not the same. I get that. But a lot of times, like in Major League Baseball, even teams that run a fair amount in the regular season, when they get to the postseason, they kind of shut the running down for the most part, and it's just about whether you can get hits. I've seen that happen over the over the um, years. Uh, and, and so you, you, you feel like, well, I don't want to lose the game on the base pass. And so it'll be interesting to see – Two teams that run a fair amount. Again, they've got 77 stolen bases, which is more than most teams that the Cajuns play over the years, over the course of the season. And the Cajuns, again, have 142 stolen bases. Of course, a lot of that is the fact that Maya Davis has 51, but still, that's still, you know, 90-something more bases that the rest of the team has stolen, even if you take Maya Davis's totals out of there. So the Cajuns still like to run a lot. Uh, we'll see if how much they how much running takes place in this series. Of course, you know, like they say, you got to get on base first. You can't steal first base. We'll take a timeout. We'll ask that and several other questions to Coach Jerry Glasgow next. Stay tuned. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. We will be very shortly trying to get in touch with Coach Jerry Glasgow in Washington. Cajuns will be taking on the Huskies, scheduled for about 9 o'clock on ESPN. You know, the, the fact sheet for Washington says ESPN 2, but um, it's ESPN. And like we talked about at the beginning of the show, we um, we kind of anticipate that the first game, on, there's a 7 o'clock game on ESPN, so maybe kind of prepare yourself. Maybe have maybe they'll move it to ESPN News or one of the other ESPN networks before we, um, you know, for the first inning or two or something and then have to switch back. They've done that before, and hopefully they can – they, you know, they that that'll be a seamless process because, you know, I, we we've seen it before. You get all fired up to watch a game, then it's not there. It can get your your blood boiling pretty quickly. So hopefully we can avoid those situations. Um, uh, um, with ESPN tonight, we will see. Uh, hopefully we can get Co- Coach Glasgow. Got several things. Hope um, that we wanted to talk with him about, you know, because when we talked with Coach Glasgow on Monday, you know, he he knew a little bit about Washington, but he hadn't really, him and his coaching staff hadn't done a deep dive into it yet. Um, did a feature story, as we mentioned yesterday, earlier this week on Alexa Langlier. So I talked to him a little bit about, a little bit more about it then when we were discussing with Alexa about Alexa and, 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 um, you know, things going on with, with the regional tournament. So hopefully, um, we'll know. All right. We have, we are, have hit jackpot. We have with us UL head softball coach, Jerry Glasgow. How was the trip, sir? It's good. We're actually in, we're at an indoor hitting facility right now, setting up for practice this morning. And I lost track of time, Kevin. And so I'm a little late. I apologize. I understand. That's good. not a problem. We, we 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 get it. All right. So we have a lot of questions kind of going into the series. One of the things that we were just one of the things we were just noticing is opponents have only run forty times on them. Is their catcher that good or does the Pac twelve not run as much as, as some teams? Uh, a little bit of both. The catcher will be good. Anytime you're facing a Pac twelve catcher you know, they're, they're the elite. Uh, and Washington's known for their defense. So their catching will be elite. And you won't be able to run like we run normally. We'll have to pick our spots and try to guess when a changeup's coming or a drop ball's coming. But they will have an elite catcher. Another thing that stuck out to me that I did not know about until I kind of done a little more research into the regional you know, you you had commented on Bailey Klingler, their top hitter, and she's hitting three ninety one on the season. She she had the worst batting average of anyone in the regional. What, what did McNeese do against her? Like she only hit two fourteen in the regional. What, what what did from what you could see that McNeese had success doing against her? Well, they went low and away on her, but I think it's more what she 
you know, she just wasn't in a good place. I think if you talk to her, she would say it was, you know, it was a bad weekend. And and no matter how good a player you are, no matter how great you are, and Bader Klingler is elite hitter, but there's enormous pressure in those, you know, what could be your final games of your senior year. And, you know, one thing we've always noticed, seniors just tend to have a really uh, a very likely time that you'll have an off, off postseason from your senior players. And so, you know, from my perspective, I hope that's what it is. I hope she's just like struggling down the stretch here, trying to do too much, over trying. Um, but Bader Kling is a really good player and a really, really good hitter. So, <laughs> you know, if you look at things like Kevin Foote and you go by the statistics and the odds, very likely she'll be red hot this weekend because yeah. McNeese pitching isn't what, you know, it played a part in it. A good scouting for it obviously played a part in it, but she just had a bad weekend. Yeah, that, that that is you. You have guessed one of my concerns here. So another thing is we we were asking how many of you know you you just got finished playing a left-handed dominant LSU lineup. How many left-handed hitters do they have in their starting lineup? Uh, they're going to start about half their lineup will be lefties. I mean, they'll start several lefties. They they'll have some speed kids. They'll slap a little bit. They'll they'll have a little. They'll have a real good mixture of lefty righty. Now, uh, Brooklyn Carter, I noticed uh, by far their leading stolen base girl, and she had 500 in the region. Is she a, a slapper kind of like Meyer, or what kind of player is she? Yeah, she can mix it up. and she, She'll slap, she'll bunt, she'll, she'll hit away some, but she'll mix it up a lot like Maya. They've got, they've got two or three kids that can steal pretty consistently, and they'll try to steal them. I think they had 73 stolen bases in the regular season. So they'll definitely put that – the stolen base will come into play if they get runners on base. All right, so going into a three-game, a best-of-three Super Regional compared to a regional, is it a different from your perspective on, on how to manage your pitching or is it essentially the same as going into the regional last week? Yeah, I think it's almost the exact same. Uh, we got to mix and match, and as the series goes on, hopefully – You'll learn a little more about them, and you may be able to match up a certain pitcher against a certain hitter by the third game. Um, but very similar, I think. Megan Shorman did not pitch to her potential in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament or the Baton Rouge Regional. Is it just you know, uh, something that happens kind of like you were talking about with Bailey Klingler, or, or how do you kind of view that as y'all look back at those games? Yeah, I think so. I think you always have, you know, the enormous uh, inner self-pressure on these senior players. And and in their last, you know, hurrah, so to speak. And, you know, she just needs to relax, trust her teammate, don't try to be, you know, more than she needs to be. Just just throw great pitches, good pitches, and let her teammates play defense. And, and you know, at, at some point, you know, Klingler's going to come around, and at some point, Megan Shorman's going to come around. We just hope it's now, you know, and they hope it's now. But those kids have been good players their whole career. They're going to they're going to come out of it if they can just survive long enough. All right. So, have y'all? I mean, are you? I mean, you, Chloe Riasetto pitched 
some big innings last week, and yet at different times in the season, she kind of wasn't part of the picture. Uh, do they throw enough left-handers where she might be part of the picture again? Yeah, very likely. You know, you're going to see her. We we have high expectations for her over her career, and she was just, you know, the situation with her, she's behind a really good sophomore and three senior uh, pitchers who you want to involve and get involved as much as you can and give them their senior year. But there's never been a time when we didn't feel like Chloe Riosetto was a really, really good pitcher. And and in certain situations, with bases loaded in jams, I don't know that we have anyone better than her in a jam. She just so – her presence is so good in pickles. You know, she's she's that pitcher that can handle the pressure of the moment, no matter how great it is. She's phenomenal. So the more we get deeper into postseason, the more that comes into play, in my opinion, and the more likely we are to use her. So have y'all kind of set a rotation, or really it's going to be more of a game-by-game and even inning-by-inning thing? Yeah, Coach Justin has in his mind the rotation as he sees it and whether that – you know, that could change, I assume, the way the game plays out tonight and who we have to use, how many pitchers we have to use, how, you know, how closely they look on the field to him compared to what he sees on film. You know, sometimes a team looks totally different in person on a field than they did to you on a, on a TV screen or a computer screen. And I think he definitely has them in his mind, uh, a rotation and a way he wants to use the pitchers at this time. But when they get on, when you get out there in the game and you start going these twenty-one innings of the super regional, I know from experience that that could change. All right, so I wrote a column earlier this week that I really think it's possible that this team will play looser and with less pressure on them after winning the regional. How, how have you since their temperament been this week, and, and especially now that y'all are in Seattle? Yeah, I feel like, you know, not only the team, but myself, but just like a lot of pressure come off the shoulders. And and I feel a lot, a lot looser, a lot more comfortable. So I'm sure that most likely that's how they're feeling as well. And uh, I, I, I love how we – I like the demeanor of this young team and and not using, using youth as an excuse at all, using it as a positive. I think they're young, they're ready to fight, and they're ready to get out on the field and just turn it loose. And I think we're in a really good place. Do, since you've been there, have you got a better idea about weather conditions and how the park plays in any of that? It's beautiful here. We're we're actually on our way to the field right now. We're driving across town for a, a 10 a.m. here practice time on the field. We're going to do about 45 minutes, 50 minutes of defense, and get a feel for how the ball bounces. Let our infield, you know, let our infielders feel the dirt. Let our outfielders kind of get a feel for the walls and the dimensions. But as far as the weather, it is absolutely gorgeous it's and there's no rain in the forecast which is always a concern when you come to seattle do you see this being a low scoring series or no no i think it's going to be a high i think it'll be a high scoring series i think they're going to be six to five seven to five type games and it would almost surprise me if we see one to nothing two to one type games 
Well, it should be lots of fun, and we're certainly looking forward to it. We appreciate your time, certainly, uh, like we have all season. Good luck to y'all, sir. I appreciate you all back home, and, you know, thank you to our fans. We, the fans, just they amazing send-off yesterday at the park, and just every day goes by, you realize more and more how special the community in Lafayette is and how how lucky we are to to be where we are at with the Racing Cajun program and the people that we have supporting us and behind us like yourself. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Good luck. Thank you. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. How much does Foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because I was no longer a 49er. Back to Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. And I don't know how many Cajun fans are in Seattle with the team, but I'm sure there's quite a few. And I actually, I did not actually go to the field. I don't know. I was probably about a mile away. I, I'm not good at distances, but uh, wife and I went, if you remember last year on a cruise in Alaska, and we flew into Seattle and spent a day in Seattle, and they got one of these um, – what do they call like a sky train outfit that goes all around the city. And so it's very easy to get to the different places. And uh, I I thought I had a very good impression in Seattle. So I'm sure the fans that are going to be down there uh, are going to have a good time and and enjoy it. It sounds like the weather is good. I was, you know, most of the scores in this Seattle regional were not overly high score. Now, that last game was, but that was almost, I don't know, fluky. I mean, it was it was 7-6, to six, but, you know, all seven of those runs came in that one inning, and I, I think that just goes to the pressure of the situation and being able to get past that hump that, the you know, when, when you're trying to get th- over an unprecedented obstacle, then – it, 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 there's so much more pressure on you than a normal situation. I mean, they like he said, Tom talked about earlier, it was 13 innings of no runs, and then they scored seven. So Coach Glasgow said he thought it was going to be high scoring. And there's no question if you look at the statistics, and, and by the way, they're fairly similar. Like, you know, the Cajuns are hitting 311 as a team. They're hitting 303. The Cajuns have hit... 76 doubles, Washington's hit 70. The Cajuns have 14 triples, Washington has 13 triples. The Cajuns have 79 home runs, Washington has 62. A little bit more, but not like a ginormous difference. Um, The other stat, and again, stats you can only tell so much sometimes. The only stat, the other stat I should say that really sticks out Washington is they have a, a a team fielding percentage of 982. Now, Cajuns are 966. I obviously they're a good defensive club, but I've noticed my experience is you a lot of that has to do with 
the philosophy of the official score, like especially when it comes to softball, but baseball as well. Like some official scores give a lot more errors on hard hit balls right at a fielder than other official scores do. I remember, I always say, I can remember back in my early, early days covering American Legion over at um, Tigmore Field, and there was an old American Legion coach, and he would say, because I, I was the young, a young official scorer, and he used to tell me, that's a THTH. And um, so I use that every once in a while because I think it's funny. And uh, and, and what he's talking about, it's too hot to handle. Um, so every once in a while, you ha- you do have a THTH. But I, so probably that means that Washington is a really good fielding team. But some of the, sometimes fielding percentage can be a little uh, subjective based on the official score. Now, it doesn't matter what they call it. I mean, we're, this is the postseason. So, like, if they call it an error or they call it a base hit, who cares what your ERA is? All that matters, who really cares if it's an earned run or an earned run run? All that matters is that they scored, and so you need to keep them, they need to keep them from scoring. They need to do a good job of not throwing to the wrong base. I thought they did that a few times in Baton Rouge. Again, the Cages did not play. They played fine. They played well, but they didn't play great. I mean, they in, in Baton Rouge, they they had some good points and some bad points. You know, at times they pitched really well, and at times they didn't. Times they hit really well, and at times they didn't. It wasn't like oh, they went over there and just played almost this perfect weekend. As in, that wasn't the case. So I think they're going to have to eliminate a few of the errors. A few of the base running mistakes, a few of the defensive decisions, particularly in the outfield, they're going to have to eliminate some of that probably to win this series, you would think. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Hopefully it all runs on time and they play well. Enjoy a very busy weekend.